Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Back by no one's demand but our own. And from our home office here in sunny, scenic, surprisingly warm Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast. As always, it is powered by our friends at Two Rivers Ford and brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Hello, friends. Hope you're well. Hope everything is. Settling down after a chaotic couple of days in Tennessee football news, specifically. A.J. Brown revealed on an Instagram Live that he has had surgery on not one, but two knees. We'll spend five good minutes on that. Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel is going to talk about the firing of head coach Jeremy Pruitt for the University of Tennessee and the retirement of Phil Fulmer. An incredibly... Uh, Just an incredibly predictable, but also baffling story to come out of Knoxville yet again. The cycle continues. We have much to discuss and much to get to. Before I do that, though, I got to tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Non-commissioned sales staff. That's the biggest reason, among the many reasons that you would consider giving Two Rivers Ford your business. You want to make sure that the car buying process, hell, even the car search process, is comfortable, is relaxed, is at your own pace. Non-commissioned salespeople will make a paycheck no matter whether they sell you a car or not. It's the best thing, one of the best things about Two Rivers Ford. Just as Justin writes in on a Google review of Two Rivers Ford, saying Two Rivers is the biggest and best dealership around, the owners and management will make sure you can leave there in your dream car. Would highly recommend anyone Go check them out. Be like Justin. Go check out our friends in Mount Juliet at the dealership or online at tworiversford.com. Let's get to Mike Wilson. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast. Yeah, I I think this is Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel's first appearance on the 615 Sessions podcast as my alarm goes off so graciously and professionally around here. Michael, it's lovely to see you, and I cannot wait to discuss everything that is going on in Knoxville, Tennessee. I need a cigarette after spending this much time on the internet this morning. You look exhausted, but you also look well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all I know is that Tennessee basketball moved up to number six in the Associated Press poll today. Did did something else happen? Because that's what I know. Uh, that's that's all there is to be known because everything else is unknown at this point. Uh, there's just been a nuclear uh, a nuclear wasteland taking place on Rocky Top in a way that is just uh, so it has to be so incredibly frustrating to be a fan 
of this uh, of this college football program. But I guess I, I don't even know where to start. The people who are listening to this know and understand what has taken place. Jeremy Pruitt has been fired for cause. Nine other football assistants uh, have gone along with him. Philip Fulmer is retiring, of course, with no knowledge of the situation, allegedly, that would cause Jeremy Pruitt to vacate his position without buyouts. But Mike, uh, where where do you where do you even begin? What has your day been like? I guess take us through that first and foremost. Oh goodness gracious! I woke up to a phone call from one of my bosses saying we need you to start an AD hot board. Yep. Which immediately my reaction was, excuse me, I think I've missed about nine pieces of a conversation. Um, and yeah, I mean, so we kind of got word pretty early this morning that um, things were going to happen today, and. It's been so interesting trying to cover this program the last few weeks. I'm also our basketball writer, so I've been in that world largely. But at the same time, we've known there's this internal investigation going on. It's been a matter of time. Um, so once we knew that, we already had a lot of these things written. Uh, I mean, Pruitt fired story has been written since probably November. Uh, hot board's been written and updated since November. Um, I wrote a best quote story because that's one of my favorite things to do. Hmm. Uh, just memorable quotes of a tenure. We've had those things in the bank for a while, but obviously the the wild elements of today were the for cause component of this, which is a, a recent development given that Jeremy Pruitt's meeting with Tennessee was just late last, or meeting with the investigation was late last week. Um, so that's recent. That's a recent development. And obviously Philip Fulmer stepping down, stepping aside, retiring, whatever you want to call it, um, is obviously also a new development um, that, that wasn't necessarily expected as part of Jeremy Pruitt being fired. The good news, I guess, is uh, that Tennessee doesn't have to foot the bill for, for the firings of the coach and his staff now, if you want to look on the bright side of things. But then then they have this press conference today, Mike, to talk about everything that's gone down within the football program. And you have Dondi Plowman, you have Philip Fulmer, you have various members of the, uh, of the athletic department and of the, the, the administration sitting up there. And I watched in disbelief as Philip Fulmer was asked to describe the tenure of Jeremy Pruitt as the head football coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. And he goes through, you know, well, we started, I'm paraphrasing, of course, we started with the, the program in a difficult position on and on and on and the recruiting been good, but then stops himself like as if it's one of the best facial expressions I have ever seen on somebody who's just oh shitted themselves in a mi- in the middle of a comment. Like, what was it? W- describe the scene for us. There, I'm, I'm sure all of these things were done virtually, given you know the global pandemic that oversees all of this. But what what was your what was how did you experience the press conference that followed in the aftermath? I mean, that comment was classic i guess shocking i don't really know what the right word is there but beautiful not that's wrong. the right word beautiful yeah not wrong i mean the recruiting was good but in light of a coach being fired over recruiting violations basically and level one level two ncaa rules violations and your lead recruiter brian niedermeyer being fired for cause over the same stuff i mean niedermeyer was named the 2019 uh 24 7 sports national recruiter of the year Right. I mean, and so talking about recruiting in a moment where you've just fired a coach and and the recruiting department, player personnel department, all of this, it's wild. But the, it was such an odd press conference in many ways. 
and that's again a Tennessee thing. Uh, the weirdest press conference I've ever covered to this day was the Philip Fulmer's the AD press conference that came like three hours after John Curry was let go, um, suspended I think at the time. But Philip Fulmer hired. It was just this big celebration. I'm sitting there like, a guy just lost his job like three hours ago. Like, and like what's going on? But today was strange too. It was. Uh, Donnie Plowman and Randy Boyd definitely went out of their way to make, make a statement that Philip Fulmer's uh, retirement has nothing to do with this investigation. And yeah. he's going to step aside, let the, let the, uh, the next AD hire the football coach, all this stuff. But it was almost too much uh, of, of Philip Fulmer praise to where it just, it was strange. Uh, I also think that's a smart play though in Knoxville where Philip Fulmer does have a lot of support. Um, for the other half of the leadership at Tennessee to to say those things and, and do those things. But just an odd press conference, obviously limited as well in what they can say at this point. So um, but I thought I thought the best comment uh, or the most telling comment was Randy Boyd. If you can't win the right way, you don't belong here. I think that kind of gives you an indication of where Randy Boyd and Donnie Plowman want to go with this thing. Sure. Uh, the mm-hmm. the the optics of of coddling football legend Phil Fulmer to to keep things you know status quo for the fan base that is just rabid and furious and sad and and God knows what else I mean the internet the internet is a p- bad sample size for any kind of emotion whatsoever but Vol Twitter is lit and I have not been able to remove myself from it all day it's incredible uh, I. <laughs> I look at I look at this and, you know, part of me, I say tongue in cheek, like I can't get enough of all things Tennessee football because they exist in this just perpetual cycle of insanity where I saw a tweet from Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated to recap. Tennessee has no athletic director, just fired its football coach for cheating, is prepared to have serious NCAA sanctions levied against it is beginning a fifth head coaching search in 12 years and hadn't won a conference title since 1998. Like Mike, you you've been there long enough. You've covered Tennessee athletics long enough. Where, how the hell does this end? Is there any end to it? Or does the bottom, I mean, every time I think they've found the bottom for there no longer to be a fallout, they just keep sinking. You know, it's funny. I did a did a TV hit with with Emily Proud earlier, WKRN, and and she basically asked if if this will be calmer than the 2017 coaching search, or if I think that it, it could it could go better. And I was like, no, <laughs> like like it can't. Um, like the the amazing thing to me about covering Tennessee athletics is the, the stability doesn't exist. Um, it's it's always madness. It's always chaos. Uh, th- there's no sense of normalcy. Um, in, in anything. And that's in the football coaching situation, the athletic department. Uh, it's clear that there's just so many things going in so many different directions. And I mean, th- to me, that's the only way you end up with five coaching searches in, in 12 years. Obviously, Kiffin is kind of an exception there without how he left, but uh, it's just a wild, frantic place all the time. And I don't know where Tennessee goes from here exactly, because you got to take care of the AD first. And, and Donnie Plowman made that clear that that's their priorities, get an AD in place. I think there's going to be some good choices for them in that. Uh, and it's easier to get an AD in here. But the challenge then is with a football coach, what's going to happen with the NCAA stuff? Because the whatever the level of that stuff is going to be, which won't be known right away, is going to have a big say in what caliber of coach they're going to get in here. Uh, and if Tennessee doesn't want to be in the same exact spot in three years again, they've got to get a good coach in here that can provide stability and a future in this program. 
Uh, and I think Phil Fulmer said they're looking for a guy who will be the coach for 10 years. It doesn't exist in many places anymore. Um, so that's a, a lofty goal. But, um, yeah, I, I think the NCAA stuff is going to play a huge role in what Tennessee does from here. Well, and, you know, I mean, you look at you look at places like Auburn that were looking at a guy like Hugh Freeze and were essentially told by the NCAA, no, your basketball program's already under investigation. This is not the optics of this or not something that we would condone. So even the Tennessee fans who would want <laughs> Hugh Freeze in a situation like this are facing likely the same kind of scenario. But you, you bring up that comment by Philip Fulmer about looking for the for that ne- the, the head coach for the next 10 years. I mean, just. Mike, that sounds like such a dated way of thinking from somebody who is supposed to have an integral knowledge of the sport and as the game is currently being played, not just on the field, but just the optics around it, the, 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 for lack of a better term, just the environment that he's supposed to be in. How much does that kind of, I know it's, I'm, maybe I'm digging too deep into this, but like, does that kind of speak to a level of ignorance from Philip Fulmer about what college football is right now? I don't know if it's ignorance. I think it's, it's probably wishfulness. Um, and, and it does speak to, to his time as a coach, obviously, when I think the leash was longer on a lot of coaches. Um, it, it wasn't the, the massive buyout culture and all the things that we're so accustomed to now. But the reality is, I, I don't know a number of, of how many Power Five coaches have been at a school for 10 years or more, but it's not many. Um, and certainly in the SEC, it's probably only Nick Saban at this point. Um, I mean, th- those guys don't exist anymore. I mean, you have to win at an alarmingly high level uh, to maintain a job for more than a decade or overachieve at a program that doesn't have expectations. I mean, th- those are kind of the two ways that you stick it out at a program for that long now. And, and that doesn't exist uh, at many places. Tennessee is not a place that's going to exist because Tennessee's expectations are winning big and they haven't won big in a long time. So I don't know who would be a 10 year coach for Tennessee, but it was an interesting comment to me from Philip Fulmer. And I think it was more wishful than, than ignorant. Um, but yeah, it does certainly speak to, to his knowledge of what the coaching situation looked like 15 years ago. Is this a good job? Mm, it is depending on the NCAA stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I think the, the challenge to me with the Tennessee job is it's not what it used to be. Um, Tennessee was a great job kind of that 90s through mid 2000s stretch uh, when other SEC programs were down. Um, and that's, that's the way that a lot of conferences work. I covered Michigan State for three years. Uh, their three best years, probably in program history right there in 13, uh, 14 and 15, Rose Bowl, college football playoff, all that stuff. They were good when Michigan was down. Uh, Penn State was down. Uh, Ohio State was good, but not where they are now. Right. Uh, and so, and not that Tennessee and Michigan State are the same caliber, um, but programs tend to succeed more when their, their rivals are down. Florida and Georgia aren't down right now. Alabama's not down right now. Um, so it's a good job, but I think the expectations have to be realigned for it to be that. It's got the facilities, it's got the fan base, it's got the recruiting infrastructure. I mean, they recruit well, if you didn't know. Um, so all the things that you want in a job are there. It's just a matter of what are the expectations here? And, and then it's getting this program to a place where it can compete with the schools that are kicking its butt every single year right now on the field. And that includes Kentucky for that matter too, right? Now. <laughs> oh my God. What an interesting place that they find themselves. So you, so the Knoxville news Sentinel put out a, a best quotes piece 
from Jeremy Pruitt, from the uh, from the tenure of Jeremy Pruitt, what were among? Because I mean, Butch Jones, there was nobody better with uh, Champions of Life and Five Star Hearts and uh, all the brick by brick. I mean, the list goes on and on. I miss him so much for just the soundbite alone. But when you go back through the 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 brief tenure of Jeremy Pruitt, what kind of quotes, funny or otherwise, stand out to you? You know, it's funny. Before we get there, my first day on this beat was the day that Butch Jones said that Shy Tuttle fell on a helmet. <laughs> I mean, I, I started, like that was my first morning, first uh, press conference. That was the starting point for me. So I've never known anything but insanity on this beat. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt packed some good ones in there. There was Do Your Civic Duty Man um, after Jeremy Banks was arrested. Uh, that like 4 a.m. phone call with a cop, like Do Your Civic Duty Man. Mm -hmm. uh, last year after they won the bowl game, he said to the team in the locker room, this will be the decade of the Vols. Uh, I mean, that that didn't age, that aged as well as Phil Fulmer saying the balls are back. Oh, uh, so good. Day last year. Um, but my, my personal favorite, just for the humor of it, was uh, it was after they were 0-2 that start last year in 2019. Uh, he compared the program to the Titanic um, in saying, you know, the movie when the mice run to the top. He's like, you know, we're finding out who wants to stay with us and all that stuff. And I'm like, but those mice were still on a sinking ship. Yep. Uh, so th those were three of the really good ones um, for certain. Closing the gap with Alabama was another one that that I put in there because that's just uh, after you lose by 31 points and you've been losing to them by 30 points for years, it's you're not closing the gap. So yeah, there were, he had some good ones. I mean, and and I mean it was it, it, it's a sad thing that you put together a quote notebook when a coach gets fired, but it, there are some amusing things that get said throughout the years when a coach talks to the media as often as the Tennessee football coach does. Right. Nobody, nobody's out here celebrating uh, a man and, and several people losing their job. Of course, you know, I, the, the, that can get lost. That can be desensitized in the jokes. And listen, I'm as guilty as anybody. I've been having a field day on Twitter with gifts and memes and all manner of uh, me, uh, all manner of ways to poke the fan base a little bit because they're just, God bless them. They are just so out of their mind, rightfully so. Uh, but it's, it's always interesting to go back and look at those kind of things because for, for what people kind of make football coaches and people in, in college athletics or pro athletes, pro sports, whatever the case may be, as, as these great leaders of men and philosophers and thing like that. You go back and look at the quotes and be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, who, 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 the, the, God, just, I, it's, it makes me so angry the way that people kind of romanticize this stuff. When you go back and read it two, three years after the fact, you're like, this guy had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I mean, he, like, and this is not meant to be demeaning toward football coaches, but most of these guys do, they want to coach football. Yeah. I mean, the, the media stuff is fluff for a lot of these guys. Um, and I get that. I mean, it, it, it being a job that we both have, it, it's fluff to a lot of these guys. And it's something that if they had the choice, I don't think they would want anything to do with. Um, it, it's, I mean, they're paid handsomely to do it, um, but it's, it's not, you know, Jeremy Pruitt is a football coach. He's an X's and O's coach him up football coach. He doesn't want to come and talk to me, Blake Topmeyer and all of us goons on a Monday and a Wednesday um, go do vol calls on a Wednesday. I mean, these are things that are required with the job. No, these guys don't want to do that. They just want to go win games and coach players up. Um, so yeah, there's, there's bound to be some memorable moments and all of those things, but Hey, I put my foot in my mouth just about 10 times a day. So I'm glad there's not a microphone for all of my stuff. Uh, unfortunately for me, there is. Everything is documented. Yeah. Everything is recorded. And I was more uh, directed at you than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that subtle shot 
uh, by Mike Wilson of the Knoxville News Sentinel. You have had an incredibly busy day. It's going to only get busier from here on out. We look forward to keeping tabs on all things Vols. You can follow him on the socials at by Mike Wilson, wherever it is that you choose to get your volunteer news. There's going to be a lot of it in the coming days. Mike, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, thank you for having me on. Five good minutes on a Tuesday here on the 615 Sessions podcast. So, I mean, where even to begin with young Arthur Juan Brown and the video that went viral on Tuesday afternoon? This man, and we'll let you hear the video for yourself, this man goes into surgery, off-season surgery, very routine for NFL players, and especially one who struggled through injury the way that A.J. Brown did. So A.J. goes into post-op, and what NFL teams are having to discover here in the year of the Rona 2021 and 2020, and, and really any time that Instagram Live has existed, is that athletes, particularly of this generation, of this ilk, very much gravitate towards immediate reaction to stuff on IG Live. A.J. Brown is not a frequent IG Liver, although I think he started initially, caught one of his teammates naked in the background in the locker room when it was happening and, and was thusly discouraged. Since then, the Instagram Lives have been less and less frequent from Juan. But this one, this mother of all IG Lives, was tremendous to behold. Here's the full two minute plus video of AJ laid up in a hospital bed with a checkered hospital gown on, getting ready, receiving instructions from the nurse for all of us to witness after having two knee surgeries for what was described as minor procedures. All of us witnessing it on his Instagram live. My soul, bro. Like, this is no talk. This is no, like, this is no talk, bro. Like, real talk, I'm going to be the best receiver in the NFL, bro. Look, so it's kind of cold, but I'm, if you want cold. it over ice, you can. Oh, it's really cold. Nah, it's not that cold, but you want these or you want graham crackers? I really want some food, but. Well, you'll be out of here soon. Okay. Who's um, with you today? Who's driving me home? Damn that coke. It's probably because your throat's irritated from that tube going down your throat. Y'all put a tube down my throat. Well, you had to get put to sleep. How else you gonna breathe in surgery? Knocked out. And I got your medicine already. Medicine? What medicine am I using? The pain medicine, nausea medicine. Um, but who's who's your ride? My dad. Is he here? Yeah. Do you want him up here? Nah, he, he gonna record me. So you just wanna wait until we're ready to leave and we'll just meet him at the car? Yeah. Okay. Alright, if um, you have the controller, yeah. If you need me. But guys. Where I'm back, hit that red button, okay? Okay. I'll be back in a minute. Guys. Derry Henry. In the flesh, King him. But yeah, look. 
I'm gonna go statistical so you can just go to sleep now. I'm gonna I was sore all year. Nobody knew. They told me I was done for the year, like in week two. Told me I was done for the year, like week two, right? I played all year. I ain't no making a pro. I ain't no making a pro bowl. Didn't know how I was going to do it. I did it. It's perfect. It's everything that an internet viral video needs to be. This was picked up by SportsCenter, Bleacher Report. Of course, all of us here locally gravitated to it. Shout out to Emily Proud, who was actually the first to take notice of what was happening on AJ Brown's Instagram Live and let the people know that he was describing his surgery. Uh, 70 catches for over 1,000 yards, leading his team in touchdowns after a season where they won the division title, where they made it to the playoffs for back to, in back-to-back years. Now, obviously, they did not have the playoff success that they would have liked to, but to lead the team in touchdowns by quite a wide margin in 2020 with 11, 15.4 yards per reception on two bad knees with plays like dragging four Ravens defenders into the end zone on a third and 10 when all you're looking for is a first down. Diving catches against the Chicago Bears lunging for the end zone on two bad knees. Mike Vrabel made a joke a little while back after one of the games about, you know, A.J. again had gone down early on in the game, had to come off the field, finished playing the game. And it's always a bit dramatic when you see, you know, the, the star wide receiver, the wide receiver one, go down on the field with injury, especially when it happens in like six straight games. And so Mike made a joke, and I'm paraphrasing about, you know, I don't know if A.J.'s actually hurt or he just likes when we all come out there and pick him up off the turf, but my God, this man. You could not ask for more devotion as a football fan. You could not enjoy a more innocent human being than the one we witnessed drugged up, doped up on Instagram Live, pleading for the nurse not to let his father back there because he would record him whilst being on Instagram Live. It's tremendous. It's spectacular. It's the feel-good that everybody needed in a time when there's a lot of news actually going around between the Pruitt thing and now A.J. Brown and his two knee surgeries, but goodness, it's just, <laughs> I can't get enough. Because most, mostly because I picture, not only was the, the A.J. video itself funny, but I just picture what the hell Mike Vrabel and John Robinson's faces look like when that lands upon their desk or in their text message inbox and what happens to Titans PR as a result and what are they going to do? Because <laughs> the star wide receivers drugged up on IG Live post-op. Because this is what athletes do in this social media day and age. Five good minutes here on the 615 Sessions podcast. Another great episode with many more on the horizon. On Thursday, it will be Michael Kist of SB Nation. It will be Alex Doherty who covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. Because it is, once again, hockey time in Tennessee. And they had a game canceled, but it is well on its way for Friday, allegedly. We'll see how things go. Anyway, subscribe, rate, and review to the 615 Sessions podcast in the A to Z Sports podcast feed where you get this podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Make sure 
that you are leaving your Titans mailbag question. I mean, they really don't have to be about Titans, but Titans are typically what I get. You want to ask me life questions? This is the place for it. If you want to know who's next in line to be the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, I got you. If you want to get my opinion on Tennessee volunteer recruiters, assistant coaches, and staff allegedly, according to Dan Patrick, leaving money in McDonald's bags for recruits and players to find, I could do that too. Just slide in my DMs at Buck Rising, R-E-I-S-I-N-G, and we will answer those thusly in the Music City mailbag. In the meantime, I need you to stay safe. I need you to stay clean, and I need you to stay hot, Nashville. This has been the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast. It's powered by our friends at Two Rivers Ford, and it's brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Nashville.com.